Hey, hey, you're listening to Rising Into Mindful Motherhood. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Wood. I'm a barefoot mama bear, pharmacist, integrative fertility health coach, and lover of all things nature and animals. I'm on a mission to have intentional conversations about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. My mindful guests and I will be talking about struggles, wins, natural wellness, and how we grow and transform as we enter motherhood. My background in healthcare has shown me how broken our medical system is. My own struggles to become pregnant has shown the lack of support for mamas-to-be, the lack of guidance for women to have a nourishing and vibrant pregnancy, the isolation, mom guilt, and all the things we hold after bringing baby Earthside. I want this platform to be a place where women can feel connected, safe and supported to share and hear their stories. A place to use our voice to discuss and advocate about what we need and deserve as mothers. So let's dive in, shall we? Hello, hello, and welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Rising into Mindful Motherhood. This episode, I'm going to talk to the best of my recollection about the early postpartum days, which, well, it's April 25th right now, and Olivia was born May 16th. So this happened nearly four years ago. (laughs) Time flies. Um, So yeah, going to definitely talk to the best of my recollection because, you know, those days can be a little foggy, very much sleep deprived, but just to continue along with my story. And if you're new to the podcast, you could go back and look at some older episodes. I have a separate episode about my fertility journey, a separate episode about my pregnancy journey, and then another episode about my home birth. So if you want to capture the full story here, um, doesn't really matter what order you listen them in, but it probably would be helpful to listen to them in order. But either way, excited to dive in. And speaking of postpartum, it's 8.30 at night right now on a Tuesday night. I'll be launching this podcast tomorrow morning. Um, I'm definitely not getting it done as early uh, as I would have wanted to. And I just put Olivia down for bed. But I think that's part of the beauty of motherhood is you just kind of figure it out um, as you go. And that's literally what it's been. So um, as I shared in another podcast, we had a home birth. So I never had to leave a hospital or a birthing center. I was just immediate, immediately at home in bed, which was really, really just so amazing. Um, you know, I had a 20-hour labor. I pushed for two and a half hours. I had lost a lot of blood. Um, The day I went into labor, I had gotten sick twice. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was something else. Definitely just like, I don't think I got that much sleep throughout the night, um, the night before I had her. So definitely a lot of things that just had me feeling really uh, tired, fatigued, um, out of sorts, 
but um that's kind of the the lovely thing about postpartum is if you do it in the best way that you can it can be a really restorative time so going into um you know birth and postpartum we did a lot of planning um i'm going to give another recommendation for the book real food for pregnancy whether you're just planning on becoming pregnant someday, if you are newly pregnant, even if you're at the end of your pregnancy, there is an amazing chapter about the fourth trimester, aka postpartum. And that's where I got a lot of my, you know, tips from. So we applied a lot of the things she talked about. And also the week by week guide to pregnancy and birth by Mama Natural. Um I can't remember as many specific parts from that book, but I do know that she gave a lot of postpartum tips as well. So my husband and I, you know, we had nutrient-dense nutrition on the mind. We knew how important it was for my recovery, for my body to be able to produce a sufficient breast milk, also um, really healthy, nutrient-dense breast milk for the baby. Um, So yeah, he had, my husband is really the main cook in the house. So he had prepared a lot of meals ahead of time and froze them. If you don't have that luxury or if neither you or your partner like to cook, maybe if you have uh, like a mother or your mother-in-law or even an aunt or grandma, somebody who likes to cook in the family and maybe give them some recipe ideas, but think like comfort food, but very intentional and with high quality ingredients, nutrient dense. So I remember eating a lot of soups, stews, um, cause like the slow cooked meat is going to bring out uh, a lot of the fat, some glycine, depending on the meat, collagen. Um, and then also you have your root veggies in like a super stew, which can be really supportive. Um, let's see, definitely making sure hydration is on point as well, um, especially for you. And if you plan on breastfeeding baby. So those are all things that we really um, put a high level of importance on, you know, um, wild caught seafood to get some omegas in, eggs, especially for the choline, which is so important for baby's health. Um, I had had a relatively low carb diet throughout my pregnancy, but I know, you know, once I was postpartum and, and breastfeeding, I definitely increased um, my amount of like high quality carbohydrates. Uh, I know that like organic sourdough bread was a big piece of that. And then I remember another thing that was really important to me is having snacks up in the bedroom. So our bedroom is on the second floor. It's quite a distance from the kitchen. Um, so we, I bought myself a little mini fridge because I knew that that's where Olivia and I would be spending a lot of our time. So I had pre-made these like lactation granola balls that had certain ingredients in there that can help um, with your milk supply. So I had those. 
um, an excess up here, you know, protein bars, um, lots of water, of course. We would just have like water drugs upstairs because I was drinking water like it was going out of style. Um, so just having that um, to your avail, uh, you could even set up like like a cute little stand near your bedside with all of the things that you need. I know like um, Michael's or AC Moore, they have like these little three-tiered shelving things on wheels. So you could have, you know, some of your nursing gear in there, some snacks, whatever, whatever it is that you need. You could just um, have it there intentionally for you. And let's see, something I would like to know actually is when you're pregnant, for the most part, depending on um, your weight going into pregnancy and, and all that stuff, you really only need to consume like 300 more calories a day. But when you're nursing, you actually need about 500 more calories a day because nursing burns a ton of calories like a ton. Um, so just making sure that you're listening to your body. I know that a lot of times, you know, as women, we're expected to get back to our pre-baby body like immediately. And sometimes that can send us into very restrictive food um, modes and like that mindset of, oh, I can't have too much because I need to lose the baby weight. But at the same time, pregnancy and birth takes a toll on the body, um, especially if you lost a lot of blood like myself, like you really want to focus on building your iron stores back up. And if nursing is something that you want to do, um, to re to really be able to establish a healthy supply, you have to nourish yourself. It's it's like a non-negotiable. So um, really just tuning in and listening to your body. It might be a little new to you being so like ravenous and hungry and you might be craving foods that maybe you wouldn't normally crave. Like I think I just loved like uh, like fatty, like healthy fatty foods. So even just like steak, pork, like if I'm having the sourdough toast, load on the grass-fed butter, like give it to me. And it just tasted so satisfying and so amazing. Um, so yeah, let's see what else. Um, there's so many things to talk about. I feel like there's so many aspects that happen postpartum that I could go into, but I just know that nutrition was so big. And something that just came to my mind as well is a lot of times women are recommended um, by their doctor to start birth control relatively quickly after giving birth. And this is, of course, a personal decision. For myself, I opted not to because I was exclusively breastfeeding, which is not a 100% um, accurate way to prevent pregnancy. Um, but that is something that I decided to do because birth control can deplete your body of vital nutrients. Um, and I just didn't want that for myself. I wanted to focus on 
rebuilding the nutrient stores in my body. And also just, you know, maybe taking the time to reconnect to your cycle. So for me personally, I was exclusively breastfeeding. Of course, you know, by the time she turned one, she was eating a good amount of salads, but I was still breastfeeding. Like her and I have kind of really finished the breastfeeding journey about three and a half years in. She would kind of ask for it here and there, but um, I'd say we're pretty much done now. But anyways, I didn't get my cycle back until two years, nearly two years postpartum. Um, So that was that was pretty huge. And that can be different for everyone. Some people get it six weeks after a couple months after. So in terms of like tracking your cycle and for ovulation, um, that is why it is a very personal decision whether you start birth control or not you know, um, yeah, just something to think about that birth control does have potential side effects. And I had decided after struggling to get pregnant, after being on birth control for so long that I would never, um, go back on it. So again, uh, very much a personal decision. And let's see, another thing I wanted to mention is, you know, asking for help on your postpartum journey. So whether that looks like asking your mother or your mother-in-law, especially if your partner has really limited time off. Um, I know that sometimes fathers don't get as much um, like paternity time as moms do. So making sure that you have someone available to you should you need that. You could also hire like a postpartum doula Um, And some other ways that you maybe could use some support is a pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, I had worked with one towards the end of my pregnancy and as soon as I felt good and able, so probably at least six weeks postpartum, I honestly can't remember, um, I went to see her again to really help strengthen my pelvic floor. So just being aware and open to that option and that it's available to you. Um, A chiropractor is also someone that I saw um, once a month. I think I went to see her maybe three weeks after my birth. Um, I was seeing her towards the end of my pregnancy as well, just to really um, get adjusted, stay aligned, to ideally keep baby in the best position. And it's also great to see them postpartum too, because a lot of organs move to accommodate baby and you just go through the whole labor and birth process on top of that. Um, so to get realigned is, is definitely something I would recommend. And even, and this is something that I learned from my doula and from my midwife is babies. Babies need adjustments as well. So think about everything that they have to go through coming down through the birth canal. So even Olivia, um, we have pretty much seen our chiropractor once a month since Olivia was born. Um, and she sees them as well. And, and she needs, you know, even as she's gotten older, she needs adjustments and the chiropractor is very gentle, um, with how she does that for her. 
So just knowing that those um, resources are available to you is really important. Um, another thing I, I, I did and I would recommend is having postpartum labs taken. So definitely your thyroid, our thyroid can change. Um, while we're pregnant, you want to make sure that it, it goes back to a healthy state. Uh, vitamin D levels, potentially iron is a big one. Um, maybe your blood sugar, especially if you are experiencing um, gestational diabetes, maybe having like a fasting glucose, fasting insulin to see how your postpartum body is kind of bouncing back. And I wouldn't necessarily say do these labs right away, like give your body some time. I can't really remember when I had the labs taken. It was probably anywhere between one to two months, maybe. I really can't remember, but you know, give your body at least a month, I would say, to kind of get um, back on track. And, you know, there's a lot of things that might seem scary to deal with postpartum if, if a family member or a friend has shared with you, but um, there is some bleeding uh, after you give birth. It could last upwards of like six weeks. Um, obviously, if you had a natural childbirth, there needs to be some healing that goes on down there. So um, you have like the little peri bottle that you can use um, that can be really uh, like relieving to that area. You could make like the little padsicles. So it's basically like taking a big um, like pad, like a period pad really, and you can soak them. Like I would use uh, like an herbal mixture, mixture specifically for, um, like the vaginal peri area after giving birth and you can soak the pads in that water and then you put them in the freezer and that can feel really nice on the area down there. Very soothing. It can help the, um, kind of like the skin and the area heal. So those are things that I did, you know, closer to the time of after birth. Um, you have to lose, I think it's called like the lochia or something like that. That's the bleeding that occurs afterwards. So definitely having some like period undies on hand, some pads. Um, I'm trying to think there were these like I can't think of what they're called, but I know that the hospitals will give them to you. And I got them off of Amazon. They're like boxer short looking things, but they're specifically to be worn postpartum. Oh my gosh, I can't think of what they're called, but those are really good to have on hand as well. Um, and then I'm actually going to be doing a whole nother segment on breastfeeding but I can dive into that a little bit on this one too. You know, breastfeeding can be challenging. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a complete learning curve for both you and baby. Um, your nipples are not used to it, so they're going to be sore. So making sure that you have, you know, like a nipple cream, maybe some nipple shields if necessary 
have a pump on hand, I highly recommend getting acquainted with the pump, your breast pump, before you give birth. I don't think I did. And I just remember feeling (laughs) really overwhelmed and intimidated by using the pump, Um, having like a haka, which is kind of like this little silicone suction cup thingy. So while the baby is nursing on one side, the haka can catch uh, the letdown on the other side. And don't worry, I'll go over all of these terms on the breastfeeding um, episode that I'll do next month. But I definitely remember it being very overwhelming. Like, what is a letdown? Like, I, I would even be reading about it on the internet, and it just still didn't make sense to me. But once you get, you know, thrown into it, it just all kind of clicks eventually. Um, you know, also making sure that you're ideally getting some sleep. Hopefully someone is there to help you. Um, I remember, I think my mom was here one day and I was just like, I, you know, I felt terrible, like leaving Olivia, but I was like, I have to go take a nap. Like, I almost feel like delirious at this point because you're just so sleep deprived and it's so new to you. And you just have this little baby who depends on you for everything. Like, I think at least for the first child, it's, and for me, just speaking from personal experience, it's like a shock to the system, um, just needing to be like there in to be the one to do every little thing. Um, I definitely think uh, if I do have a second child, I'll be able to soak up those moments a little bit more because I think, you know, in my mind, and this is just being vulnerable and, and real and raw, it, you know, there are some days where it's like, oh my gosh, like how long is this going to last? You know, especially when my husband did go back to work, he would work till nine and like the daytime would be fine. It would be great. You know, the sun would be out most days. But then it's like that eight o'clock hour, like when it starts getting darker outside and maybe like, you know, my body is, is by it being darker outside, my body's starting to, to want to prepare itself for bed, but you still have this little baby that needs you to feed it and change it. And, um, you know, whatever for every 20, 40 minutes, whatever it is, um, it can be a lot. And it really was a lot. There were definitely some challenging and and long newborn days, but I think something that really helped me get through that and and I feel like once you're like knee deep in it and you realize it like it's all just seasons so like the newborn phase is just a season it doesn't last forever eventually you know they're going to be picking up their head and eventually they're going to be crawling and then walking and it's all a season and none of it lasts forever so thinking of it that way really helped me see the light at the end of the tunnel for some of those more trying times because there definitely were some, you know, it's 
not a linear path that just like pregnancy and birth, well, fertility, pregnancy and birth, you may have expectations in your mind, but then life, you know, throws a curveball at you and it, it, it things just don't end up quite the way you imagine. So it's just kind of finding the beauty in the small moments and and really giving it the best that you possibly can and also allowing yourself grace and compassion as you learn like about yourself like you know once a baby is born so as a mother like your life is forever changed and you really kind of have to almost deal with like this is kind of a I feel like maybe an over-the-top word but like the death of like your past self like like you're the same person deep down but you're you're also like a new version of yourself but for so many amazing ways at the same time um so really just as you get your footing and you get comfortable in the swing of it you know your child doesn't need perfection they just need your best and they need your love and they need to especially as they get older know how much you love and care about them and yeah I think if I could leave you guys with anything from this episode is just to really take it day by day take the small wins with the big wins give yourself grace compassion Don't be afraid to ask for support, whether it be from a family member, a friend, you know, have someone do your laundry, take your dogs out, bring over some food, um, do your yard work. Like I had Olivia in May, so I remember feeling, you know, a little anxious because I'm used to being able to go outside and do my yard work, but that didn't really happen. Um as much, if at all, I can't really remember because I had a newborn. Um, I actually do think I did. Once she was a little older, maybe like a month or so, I do remember planting um, some tiger lilies. And you know what? Whether I did the yard work or not to my old self-perceived perfection, my landscaping still looks fine. And now Olivia is four or almost four, and she helps me with it now. So like I was saying earlier, like it's all just a season. It doesn't last forever. So as sad and like awestruck that I was like, whoa, I can't go do the normal things I do at this time of year. Um, it, you know, those are also moments that will never repeat themselves because she will never be that small again. So just being able to know that it doesn't last forever, which is sad at the same time, but can also be a good thing, especially when they go through sleep regressions or the newborn baby is waking up every hour to eat or whatever it may be. Um, Oh, and I just remembered another thing. So exercise I know is huge and I know that there's this big like one size fits all recommendation of 
you can exercise at six weeks, postpartum, blah, blah, blah. And I just want to be here to tell you that I don't think, like, I did not feel super ready to, like, really get back into it at six weeks. Like, we were walking, um, walking and pushing the stroller, which is kind of a big, like, Brytac stroller. That was a workout for me. That would get my heart rate pumping. So that was enough. Um, I, I just specifically remember around one year postpartum, that's when I really, really felt like, yes, I can go back to the workouts that I was doing. And I do want to make it clear, you know, everyone has different workout habits. I like to work out. Um, I like to do weights. I like to do Pilates, yoga. Um, we have like a tread climber and I did work out in my pregnancy. Definitely not as much in the first trimester because, um, I felt nauseous. I was extremely fatigued. So whenever I felt good enough is when I worked out in the workouts, they weren't really anything crazy. And, you know, I know I follow a couple of accounts on Instagram where like they're working out every single day, maybe even multiple times a day. They were doing that before they were pregnant. They were doing it during their pregnancy and maybe their bodies felt more prepared to like jump back in it. But I feel like, you know, I just wasn't there and, and that was okay. And, you know, I'm sure I had some sad or poor feelings about that, that I was upset that my body wasn't ready to dive back in. But I also think we need to listen to our bodies because um, you don't want to push yourself too hard and then give yourself an injury. So that's actually, that reminds me of another thing. So like the diastasis recti. So your abdominals naturally separate um, to make space for baby. But depending on your genes, you know, do you have a shorter or a taller or longer torso? Um, If you did exercise during your pregnancy, um, you can have separation of the abdomen even after you give birth. So it's also really slowly, like, I think I only had like one, maybe up to two, I think it was really just one finger length or finger. Yeah. So basically like if you can fit one or two finger or some, sometimes people even have like three or four finger lengths, like between. Um, so that was actually another reason why I worked with the pelvic floor physical therapist is she really helped me heal um, my diastasis. And you really have to be intentional with that. You have to work your way up. Um, You know, I don't know if it's genetics on my part or because I'm of a smaller frame and build, or if it's just um, the way Olivia was positioned when I had birth. But man, I had to really work on my pelvic floor, you know, my pelvic floor was really, really weak. And actually, so I had worked with her 
the pelvic floor PT for, oh my gosh, I don't even know, probably close to nine or more months after my pregnancy, I think, something like that. And when I got my period back two years postpartum, it ironically happened when I was traveling to North Carolina to go on vacation. And um, she seems to think that it was sitting in the car for so long. And I don't know, you know, getting my period back, there's obviously a lot of hormonal shifts, but I started experiencing pain again in my pelvic floor uh, when I was walking, just going for a walk. And I listened to my body and, and I had to go back to um, the pelvic PT and and we worked together again for a few more months. And um, so just kind of listening to your body and not pushing yourself too hard. And, and that was really frustrating for me because I had done um, a lot of work prior to that. And I thought that I was good. And then it was like, all of a sudden, I wasn't good. So, you know, just keeping that in mind that maybe my body is just a little bit more susceptible to that. And when I work out now, even four years postpartum, I'm just very conscious of that. And um, I try to be as intentional as I can be with my movements and, and whatnot. So needless to say, everybody is very different. And you might not be ready to work out at six weeks, or maybe you totally are. Maybe you're just like here for it and you're ready to go. Um, I still would recommend that you kind of slowly work your way up. Um, and another thing too, in, in Real Food for Pregnancy, and I love this part, she talks about how other cultures, like how they support women in the postpartum space. And some of them were amazing. Like the, the birthing mom would literally be in this special room or hut or whatever it is for 30 days while like either the community or the tribe comes together to cook all of her meals, clean her house, do the laundry, whatever it may be. And all she had to focus on was healing, resting, and taking care of baby, feeding baby. Um, so actually uh, taking recommendations from that and from the birth course that we had done, my husband was pretty adamant about me not going down the stairs until a week after my birth. So I pretty much stayed upstairs and we have a bathroom attached to our room. The baby was in the room with us. Um, so I pretty much lived in our room for a week. And I think that it, it did feel good. It felt very restorative. Um, it was kind of like a whole new world going down the stairs a week later and, and all of that stuff. So, you know, it's, Everyone has their own preferences, but just being aware of the options that are available to you and the support that's that's there to help you. But I hope that you found this helpful. I'm sure I'm going to remember a thousand other things that I wanted to bring up, 
which is okay because, you know, this was four years ago and I just kind of wanted to be real and share whatever um, was on my heart with you guys tonight. And I hope that um, you're enjoying the podcast and that you tune in next time. And if you found this helpful, share with your friends, share on social media, like, follow, leave a review. It's so much appreciated. I appreciate you and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rising into Mindful Motherhood podcast. If this episode resonated with you or gave you an aha moment, stop what you're doing right now and write a review. This simple act of kindness helps me get this podcast out to connect with as many women as I possibly can. I also have a special offer. If you send me a screenshot of your review, I will take $250 off one of my premium coaching containers. Let me know what resonated with you the most and why. So connect with me and my free Facebook community or tag me on Instagram. You'll find both listed below. Thanks again from the bottom of my heart for tuning into this episode and I'll see you next time.